a number of years ago, I was at a priest conference uh, over at Pheasant Run, and I got a phone call from a young couple uh, from my parish, this was back when I was at Holy Cross, from a young couple who uh, was getting married, and we were in the midst of like their months of marriage preparation. And they called me while I was at this conference. It was the middle of the winter, February, and uh, they said, hey, um, we'd like to meet with you. Uh, we, need, you know, we, we just need some help and we want to talk. And I said, well, um, I'm at this conference and I've got you know, like our dinner with the priest and then a, another talk tonight, but maybe, uh, maybe afterwards I could. So it was around nine o'clock and we had agreed to meet uh, downtown in St. Charles. And I, I don't even know if it's still there. Is the office still there, that bar? So we, we said, well, let's meet at the office. And so we did. And it was a snowy February night, very cold and windy. And, and so we met there and sat by, uh, there's a fire, I remember a fireplace being there, there's a fire there. And we sat at a table and, and got a beer and we were just sitting there talking. And, you know, they're very, uh, you know, like just out of college. And uh, they're just, they're, they're so earnest about their prep and wanting to do it the right way and do whatever the church is offering them so that they can have a, a good marriage. And, and, you know, they're just madly, passionately in love with each other. And one of the things that they were committed to uh, was purity and saving themselves uh, for marriage. And uh, but again, they're madly, passionately in love with each other. And so they, you know, that was, that was a, a pretty major deal for them. And it was difficult. And so they actually, they, the reason why they called is because they just wanted some insight, like, help us, you know, uh, we, we need some support. So we just talked about it. It's like, why is it important? You know, obviously the church teaches that, but sometimes in order for us to, to be successful at, at a teaching, we've got to own it. We've got to make it our own. We've got to understand why we're doing it for ourselves, right? And, and so we talked about that. And I think in the, in the, as we had our conversation, the, the, one of the things that came out was, that the reason why this was so important to them uh, and the reason why they were willing to struggle through it and suffer through it uh, was because they knew that somehow deep, deeply in interior they knew that they still had a lot to learn about each other and they still had a lot to learn about how to communicate and how to work together and they knew somehow that by not, by let's say not being successful, not working hard at their purity, somehow that would short-circuit their efforts uh, to deepen uh, their future marital communication. It was that important to them. But they needed help. In a sense, they needed somebody to come up like uh, with Moses and hold his arms up, right? And uh, so they could, they could persevere in the battle. And so we had a, we had a great, uh, great conversation. And, and the, 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 the thing that came out of it and the question that they were asking was like, why does the Lord want us to wait? You know, not just why the church is asking us to wait, but why does the Lord want us to wait? To save ourselves uh, for this incredible day. Why does Jesus want us to wait? Brothers and sisters, this is the question that all of us have got at some level in our lives going on right now. Aren't we all waiting for something? Aren't we all asking the Lord or 
waiting for something to happen in our life. We've prayed for something. We're working towards something. We're, we're looking forward to something. I said, man, I just wish, I wish I, it was done. I wish it was here. I wish I, I already had it. Why, why wait? We live in a world where, where waiting isn't a value. So here we are in our fourth week of our five-part series. And, you know, lifting our eyes to the greater things and the things that the Lord wants for us. And, to, and today we, we focus uh, on the second to last week. Um, all right, I'm waiting and I'm looking. But am I looking in the right place? Am I waiting for the right thing? And back to my, my friends. So they get married. A number of years ago, they got married. Beautiful wife. And what do you think they're waiting After they get married, what are they waiting for? Madly passionate love, they're married. Uh, all that waiting, my goodness. The joy that comes from that. So what do they wait for now? They want children. And they're waiting. And they're waiting. And they're still waiting. Because they can't have any. After all that. And we get together and we talk about it. Like, why would the Lord make us wait? And then, when we wait for this, the thing that we've longed for the most, He's not going to give it to us. Why? Why? Your heart breaks for, for them. I'll come back to them in a minute. Why does the Lord ask us to wait? Now, obviously, in, the, in, that, in that situation with, the, with my friends, it was, it was to come to this much more mature and higher level of communication in their marriage by protecting the, the, the dignity and the, and the preciousness of, of their purity. There's a value attached. And so... We ourselves wait for things. We, we, we wait, we ask for a lot of things. We ask for good things, we ask for bad things. Things we're not supposed to have, we ask for. And the Lord makes us wait too. Have you ever prayed for something? And you didn't get it. Maybe you're still waiting for it. Does that mean the Lord doesn't listen, doesn't hear, doesn't care? No. But we've got to figure this out. This is an important question. that we ask for a lot of things, some good, some bad, but the Lord makes us wait. And here's the thing, and this is kind of came out of the conversation with my friends, that deep down within, the Lord wants us to get to a place where, the, where our desire is pure. He wants us to get to that place where what we're asking for is what He wants us to have. And sometimes we wait, and sometimes we wait a long time and, and sometimes it breaks our hearts. But it's, like with my friends, it isn't to be. And they're asking for a good thing. And it isn't to say God does that, but He'll allow certain things to happen in our life. And, and, that, and that requires even more waiting, more purification, because that answer is much more difficult. Purification of desire. 
The Lord wants us to want what he wants us to have. And he's going to make us work for it. Because that's what faith is. Purification of our desire. Brothers and sisters, what are you waiting for? What are you looking for? What are you praying about? Be persistent. Be prayerful. Persevere, just like the widow. And the world will say, you don't need to wait. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want it. Just take it. Go for it. This is, and we all know this is, a, this is a bad deal. Maybe in the moment when we're sitting there looking at it, we say, ah, I really want it. We take it. Well, we've got to work that out. But from the distance, we say, yeah, I, I, know, I know this. But boy, is it difficult. I've got to persevere. I've got to pray. I've got to push it. He's got something for me. And, I, and, and I, I need to allow, welling up within the depths, from the depths of my being, finally, at last, I've got away from myself and my own selfishness and my own desire for comfort. You know, Benedict XVI says, you're not, you're not, you know, the world offers you comfort. But you're not made for comfort. You're made for greatness. That welling up of that desire for greatness, not comfort, not the easy way, the world is filled with unjust judges who are willing to give us whatever we ask for, whenever we want it. They don't care about us, these unjust judges. We live in a world of cold, harsh, bitter February nights. But the just judge, he's got something for us and it's going to save our life. Now, the, in, in the Hebrew, the word widow, it means the one with no voice. The one who has no voice. That's what a widow is. The one with no voice. And, you know, Jesus picks, he loves widows. He uses them at critical times in his teaching. The one with no voice. Brothers and sisters. That's where we have to get to. We have to get to a place where we stop talking and we stop complaining. I didn't get what I wanted. The Lord doesn't listen. The Lord doesn't care. I'm done with it. We got to exhaust our voice. We have to exhaust our pleading until at last all that we have left is the desire, a pure desire, to receive what it is the Lord has always longed in his heart to give us. We have no voice left, nothing, just him. And that takes a long time. And it takes patience. And it takes perseverance. But it's a promise. So back to my friends. They can't have children. And maybe a miracle, but that isn't to be for them after all that waiting. But after all the waiting, the Lord answers. And finally, with no voice left, just surrender, 
and just a pure desire to enter into the Lord's will for them, they receive a call. With a baby whose name is Bella, who is beautiful, and all for them. It took them a long time to decide to adopt. But they got there. Why wait? We live in a world of cold, harsh, snowy, unforgiving February nights. But Jesus has pulled a chair up by the fire and he's waiting for us. What are you waiting for?